Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first official episode of In the Word with Pastor Shane. I'm glad that you've joined me today, and uh, I hope we, uh, I think we'll have an interesting conversation today. Um, But what we're going to be talking about is uh, what the Bible says about drinking alcohol. Um, There's a lot of different ideas, a lot of different uh, things that have been said over many years. And uh, I just want to look today at what the Bible says. Uh, Now, one of the things I want you to understand is that Whenever I give my opinion about something, I make it known that it is my opinion. Uh, But really what I want to do today is I don't want to have an argument and I don't want to condemn those who who do drink, but I also want to look at what the Bible says about uh, drinking alcohol because it's very important. A lot of people uh, have ideas about things, but if you want to know what the Bible says, you got to open it and you got to read it. For yourself. Uh, so before we begin at looking what the Bible says, uh, let me just tell you uh, a little bit about myself and about my um, way of thinking and personal uh, beliefs as far as my faith in Christ. Um, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do not, do not drink alcohol. Uh, neither does my wife. Neither one of us drink alcohol. Um, and the reason is, is because as Christians, we can rise above um, that desire for an alcoholic beverage, whatever that may be. Uh, neither one of us have to have it. Um, and I understand that there's a lot of people out there, other uh, friends that I have and different um, family members and so forth that that do drink and um, you know that is something that everyone must decide for themselves but uh, for me personally and also for my wife um, as a pastor and pastor's wife we do not drink alcohol Um, now as I mentioned I do have friends and maybe and probably some of you that uh, might be listening to this also uh, drink um, and that is your choice but I come from a family that um, does not believe in drinking. Um, that's the way I was taught. That's the way I was raised. And, you know, once again, I'll emphasize that as Christians, uh, we can rise above the need to drink and that desire to drink alcoholic beverages. And my purpose, as I said earlier, is not to condemn you, not to judge you, not to make you mad. Um, I'm not here to argue that with you, but what I do want to do is I want to look at what God's Word has to say about it. Um, Now, wine is mentioned quite a bit in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. uh, You see it many, many times you see a reference to wine. Um, Now, take, for example, uh, the wedding at Cana uh, when Jesus performed the miracle of turning the water into wine. Uh, Now, when you look at that, and when you look at the translation of the word wine there, uh, that word uh, comes from a word called, uh, or pronounced rather, oinos. Uh, Now, oinos is a fermented wine. It is an alcoholic wine that was used in the Bible. And so, uh, when Jesus turned the water to wine, uh, that wine reference there, um, Greek translation being oinos, Uh, is fermented wine. It does have alcohol in it. Uh, So 
you know, you can take that into account and think about that. And uh, so there's no denying that people definitely did drink wine in the Bible and that that wine was fermented. It did have alcohol in it. Um, but what we need to keep in mind is uh, there was not a, a wide variety of things to drink in those days. Um, the wine was uh, there with the alcohol in it for... Um, uh, health reasons and uh, different things like that. So you have to take a lot of that into account. Um, now you can go to the grocery store and you have such a wide variety of things to drink. Um, you know, you can go and you can look down the aisle where all the alcoholic beverages are and you see so many different wines and, and you know, all of these uh, beer and all of these different things. Uh, so it's definitely different now uh, than it was then. Then there wasn't much to drink. Um, a lot of the water was contaminated, and so alcohol uh, being in this wine was an alternative to drinking something that could cause you to become sick. Uh, so, you know, just little things like that that we do need to take uh, into account. Now, just looking at a few references in Scripture to uh, wine and other alcoholic beverages, uh, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1. It says, uh, wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Uh, so it says wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler. Um, and that's a more modern translation of that verse. But, you know, you look at that and you say, notice it says whoever is led astray by them is not wise. So to be led astray by something is to be taken captive by it. And to be led astray by something to the point that you're letting it control your life and pull you away, well, that would indeed be sin. Um, anything that pulls us away from God and takes control of us, uh, that indeed is sin. And so you begin with alcohol, you begin with drinking, you begin with those things, and that can very easily become a slippery slope uh, in your life. Now, if you pick up a glass of wine and drink it, does it mean you're going to become an alcoholic? Well, no, absolutely not. Uh, same with beer or any other thing you can think of. If you pick it up and drink it, does it mean does that mean that it's going to lead you astray and cause your life to be destroyed? Well, no, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, but we have to understand that a lot of people um, have went down that path, and that path has led uh, to self-destruction. Uh, I myself had a great uncle who I never met um, who was an alcoholic, and he drank himself to the point of death. Um, and, and did die from uh, alcohol poisoning. So, you know, people do go down that path. Things do happen. Um, things can uh, get out of hand. And so you have to be very, very careful. Now, here in Proverbs in chapter 20, where I just read from, um, you know, here we see that the alcohol, the wine, the beer, whatever it may be, uh, can lead down a path of destruction. Um, and there are several other um, 
passages of scripture throughout the Bible that also address abusing alcohol. Uh, There's no verse that says, do not drink an alcoholic beverage. Uh, The Bible does not say that, but what it does say is that it is easy and very possible to abuse alcohol, and as a result of that, uh, can be very consequential. For example, let's look in Romans, if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 13, verse 13, and listen what the Apostle Paul said. He said, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Now, I just said a moment ago that the Bible does not say do not drink an alcoholic beverage. And it does not say that. But as I said, uh, the Bible does give us warning about the possibility of leading down a path of self-destruction, whether it be alcohol, um, whether it be lust, as uh, Paul wrote here in uh, Romans, um, lewdness, uh, strife, envy. You know, anything can turn bad very easily and indeed lead down that path of destruction. And so Paul lists these several things off, um, and he's not just pointing out, you know, drinking and being drunk with alcohol. But notice what he said there in verse 14. He said, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So, if you don't have Christ, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ personally, um, your flesh is longing and desiring for something, something to give it some fulfillment. Now, you and I were designed and created to worship God and to serve God, and, and from God and God alone do we receive true contentment and fulfillment. Uh, And so Paul, you know, being an apostle, being a Christian, he understood that very well um, because he said that we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, he said, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Um, If we have on Jesus Christ, in other words, if we, we know Christ, if we're living in him, being obedient to him, uh, then he will bring about that fulfillment that that we long desire and look for. So when we have Christ, when we put on Christ, there's no space to fulfill uh, the lusts of the flesh, whatever they may be, whether that be um, alcohol or drugs or um, uh, pornography, whatever that may be that, that people are, are using to... Um, to bring them fulfillment, to bring them some kind of happiness, that's not going to work. These things can bring us temporary happiness, but these things do not bring us fulfillment and joy. The only thing that brings us fulfillment and joy is that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul was saying. He was saying, you know what? Just put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Don't make um, provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. In other words, don't give uh, the flesh 
a way to make provision for lust because to fulfill its lust because when we do that we're opening the door to things uh, that can that that can lead us down a path of destruction and so we need to be very careful um you know i'm not going to tell you how you need to live your life. God's Word tells you that. I'll preach to you. I preach every single week in the pulpit, and I give a message that God wants me to deliver to the people. But what I will tell you is this, that Jesus Christ is all you need for fulfillment. All you need. And so we need to look somewhere else uh, this morning as well. Uh, Over in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 yet again Paul is writing here and it's very similar to what we read in Romans 13 listen to what he said here he said now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions heresies envy murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what Paul is saying here very simply is that anybody who is practicing sin, living in sin, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now notice Paul did not say specifically drinking, but he did say drunkenness in in the middle of many other um, different types of sin that he mentioned. Hatred, sorcery, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Uh, Paul's saying here none of those things Uh, Someone that practices those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, will we struggle with sin? Yes. Do we have weakness? Absolutely. But there's a difference in falling short, uh, you know, in your Christian walk because every one of us at at times are going to fail. You know, we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to stumble that's going to bring uh, disappointment to God. But the reality is uh, what Paul is talking about here is someone who is living continually day after day after day in sin. In any of these forms, he said anyone that's living in such a way will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so drunkenness was, was one of those. And so we see again that someone who, um, you know, who uses alcohol um, to the point that they get drunk and they do that and make a habit of it over and over and over again, uh, that person is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, the same way if you're, uh, you know, if you're addicted to um, drugs or if you're addicted to pornography or things like that, um, you know, if you live in that state and have no desire to get out of it and just continue and and get deeper and deeper and worse and worse and worse and have no no longing and desire for God and and to be set free from this sin then the odds are you probably are not a Christian and with that being said you will not inherit the kingdom of God um, now I'm not I, I'm not speaking to anyone specifically. I'm not judging or condemning anyone, 
But what I want you to understand is that this is what God's Word says about alcohol, about abusing alcohol, uh, or what these verses um, focus on. And uh, so, you know, we need to keep those things in mind. We need to understand that uh, what may seem innocent now can lead down a very destructive path later on. Um, The thing about it is, you know, you look several other places in Scripture, uh, uh, such as 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Um, Paul is writing to Timothy there, and he's, he's telling Timothy to use a little bit of wine for his stomach. Timothy had some type of uh, physical ailment or sickness, and Paul was telling him that a little wine, which is that same wine as we looked at in, at the wedding of Cana, oinos is the uh, translated Greek word there, uh, which is fermented wine, which means it has alcohol in it. But notice Paul says to use just a little. He doesn't say drink a lot. He doesn't say get drunk off of it. He says use a little for the stomach. And so we have to understand that there is a big difference there. But once again, inserting my personal belief here is that any Christian can rise above drinking alcohol, period. You can do it. Um, You don't have to have it. That is not something that you have to have. And it's just another way to be spotless from the world. Uh, But that is a choice you make yourself uh, in your personal life. But Paul did tell Timothy to use a little wine for the stomach to help with uh, his problem that he was having there. Now, one last place uh, that I want to look this morning is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'll leave us with uh, with this thought. And I want you to listen to this very carefully because this is, this is interesting. Listen to what Paul says. He says, All things are lawful, lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So you look at that for for just a moment and and he said that all things are lawful but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful but not all things edify. Um, You know, you and I have a very unique, if you are a Christian who are listening, um, I should say I have a unique position, uh, especially as a pastor. Um, as a pastor, a pastor cares uh, for his church, uh, for his flock. And uh, God has put me in charge of that flock to protect it, to feed it, to nurture it, to care for it. Uh, whatever they need, uh, spiritually speaking, I'm there to help them and guide them in that right direction. Um, so, with that being said... I will tell you personally, um, and you can disagree with me, you can get mad at me. Um, If you're going to get mad at me, you've probably already turned this off anyway, and that's okay. Um, But I will tell you that if you are a Christian, um, I will not encourage you in any way ever to drink. Uh, And the reason being is, is because... Is it possible that you could be that one that could lead down a road to destruction? Absolutely. Um, Is it possible uh, that you drinking 
hurts your testimony and your witness to others around you? Absolutely. Um, you know, when someone sees something, and I, it upsets me that this is how people think, but this is how people think, uh, most people assume the worst in a situation. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, you know, say you're in the grocery store, you go down the alcohol aisle, you buy, uh, you get you a bottle of wine or beer or whatever, uh, or a case of beer, you put it in your shopping cart, you go down the aisle, and then you, you run into somebody you know that's, um, that knows that you're a Christian, and that person's not a Christian. Um, now that person's going to look in your cart, they're going to see what you've got there, they're going to see that alcohol, and they're going to say, well, I, you know, I drink too, so um, if he drinks, then, you know, and they're a Christian, then I can drink and it'll be okay. Um, but perhaps that person's drinking habits are destructive. They don't know your drinking habits, they don't know what you do, how you drink, and they're not going to ask you about it and question it. What will happen is they will assume the worst and they will assume, well, if it's okay for them to get drunk, if they're a Christian, then I can be good too. Uh, but Paul has told us, the Bible has told us that being drunk, drunkenness uh, will keep you out of heaven. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so there's a lot of things we need to take into account. Is drinking helping or hurting if it's only hurting then why do it Christians we need to be concerned first and foremost and really only concerned with the things of the kingdom of God and so if what you do your habits are hurting you hurting your testimony uh, then don't do it why drink and hurt your testimony. It's not worth it. And that is my my opinion on it. It is not worth doing uh, because we do need to, to uh, protect our testimonies. We do need to be um, faithful to the Lord and, and, um, and reflect Him in everything that we do. And uh, I encourage you to put the bottle down and not do it. And, uh, it, you know, if you continue to do so that's your personal choice i'm not going to dislike you i'm you know i'm going to love you like i love everybody else um but it's something that something to think about is that we need to protect our witness uh and we need to make sure that nobody can uh say anything against us uh and even think for a second you know that that we're living in sin in some way. Now, one of the things I say a lot is that you don't need to be concerned with what everybody else thinks. And that's true. Uh, because a lot of people are going to criticize you. They're going to say things about you. going to stab you in the back. You know, things like that happen. But at the same time, I, we shouldn't be so much worried about what people think. But what are people thinking about what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to close with this. 
Um, just because alcohol is accessible to you does not mean that you have to do it. Just because you've just become legal to drink does not mean that you have to go drink. Just because someone else in your life drinks does not mean that you have to drink. Uh, that is a decision you must make. But remember and keep in mind that everything that we do can either be helpful to the kingdom of God or can be hurtful to the kingdom of God. And always remember that somebody somewhere is watching you. They're watching every move you make. They're listening to what you say, where you go, what you do. And so you have a testimony to protect. You have a story to tell about how Christ has saved you from your sins and set you free. And so this is a personal uh, a choice that you're just going to have to make for yourself. So I'll conclude with this. Uh, does the Bible say, do not drink alcohol? No, it does not specifically say that. Uh, do you have to drink? Absolutely not. No, you do not. Uh, do you have to drink to be relevant in the eyes of the world? Well, in the eyes of the, of the world, if you want to be relevant, drinking will be one of those ways to do it. But I don't want to be relevant in the eyes of the world. I want to be faithful in the eyes of the Lord. That's an amen statement right there. Uh, can a Christian rise above alcohol? Absolutely, yes, you can. And if your fulfillment comes from alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be, then you are lacking the presence of God in your life. And you need to know Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior. Because fulfillment doesn't come from a bottle. It doesn't come from a pill. It doesn't come from pornography. It doesn't come from uh, whatever else you can think of. Uh, fulfillment comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And that's what I'll finish with today. Jesus Christ fills every longing of our heart, of our soul, and He is all that we need. If you come home and you're stressed and you feel like you need to drink a bottle of wine, or a glass of wine, rather, hope you don't drink a bottle uh, when you come home from work, but, um, but if you come home and you feel like you need to drink a glass of wine, you know, stop and ask yourself, have I actually stopped and have I spent time with the Lord in prayer first? Uh, because prayer will calm your anxiety, it will calm your fear and frustration, and it's just bringing you into the presence of a holy, righteous, and living God. And so that concludes this episode of the Bible and alcohol uh, in, the past, in the Word with Pastor Shane. Uh, I thank you for listening today. And uh, there again, I'll emphasize, I'm not criticizing and condemning. I'm just telling you what the Bible gives us. And uh, as a personal note, if you're a child of God, Jesus Christ is all you need. You don't need that bottle. You don't need that pill. You don't need anything but Jesus to meet all the fulfillment that you need in your life. And He and He alone will fill and give every desire of your heart and every longing of your soul. Until next Monday at 9 a.m., God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.